amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And Windsor. And you're listening to Thanks, I Hate It, a weekly podcast where two friends shoot the shit about social issues, throw shade at unsuspecting targets, and drink from the bottom shelf. So this week we are discussing, what are we discussing, Windsor? We're going to be discussing uh, the Connecticut and the Salem witch trials, and we're also going to be discussing some more modern uh, witch trials um, that actually still go on these today. Petrifying. It is Petrifying. It's 2020, and the la- the Salem witch trials ended in 1693. So I knew 1600s, but I didn't know 1693, so I just learned a new thing. Yay You're me. actually going to learn a little bit more when I discuss my stuff, because I learned a little bit more. Oh, shit. Here we go. So before we get into actually discussing the topic, what are you drinking this week, Windsor? This week, I am drinking, I'm going to put it on my the Instagram there. It's a 2008 Rahes, Riesling. That's what it is, Riesling. And it's in a pretty black kitchen did bottle. You, did you say Rahesling? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's in German and then it's... Right. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was very concerned. <laughs> I cannot speak German, but it's Rahesling. a Actually... I do not like dry wines, and I was fully ready to, like, mix this with the really sweet Moscato I have, and it's not bad at all. Okay. I also don't like dry wine, so I totally feel you on that, but the fact that you didn't have to mix it with something and it can taste good, I like it. And this pretty bottle, though, it only costs $12. Can't beat that. I mean, you really can't beat that. So so this week I am drinking... um, Capriccio sangria out of a can. So I, my intention was classy. Hey. So my intention was to go and get a bottle of wine um, when I was picking up dinner earlier. And while I was at the grocery store, I knew I was in the free and clear. There weren't going to be any problems while I'm literally standing in the middle of the grocery store trying to check out. I get a call from work and they're like, we need you to come to the office immediately. So I just had to leave all my stuff. 
and run to my office, which is like 30 minutes away to it deal with a better problem. better have been an emergency if you make me leave my groceries. No, so it was an emergency. It was an emergency. Okay, it, okay. And so then on my way home, it's like quarter to six and we are recording at eight and I still have to make dinner and figure out dinner. So I thought, and so I just kind of ran in and out of a grocery store and grabbed everything I could find on my way out. And so this can of wine was one of the things that was in arm's reach as I was trying to get out of the store. (laughs) I too went grocery shopping today. Well, look at us. I'm very proud of us, though. I wouldn't really call mine grocery shopping. I think it was more well, that's pretty much what Getting. I did, too. I basically threw everything that I could reach into a cart and left. <laughs> Get it and go. We exactly. don't have time. We don't have time at all. It doesn't even matter. I'm not going to spend an hour with all these people with their masks around below their noses. Around their butts. 50 cents. I'm not doing that. <laughs> exactly. So, no, I totally don't blame you. I also felt the same way, so I didn't want to. Usually, if I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm going to make it like a safety trip where I know what I'm going to do to keep myself safe because these freaking, I don't even have a word for them, but these Trump supporters, that's the only derogatory term I can come up with. These Trump supporters are out here and they're just like, I don't need a mask. And I'm like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. Lord and Savior, Donald Day, J. Trump beat COVID. <laughs> don't even even, even COVID picked Trump over Biden. Did you see the Chuck Norris joke where it's just like COVID, like COVID was going strong until it met Donald Trump or some shit like that? And I was like, <laughs> get out of here. You <laughs> go I hate away. All these people. I go hate all away. These people. But. That's not what we're talking about no, this that's week. that's not what we're talking about. Actually, before we get into the subject, I kind of took a little trip this weekend. Yes, tell me. So we started out, we went to uh, Provincetown on Saturday, and we drove up to Salem on Sunday. Yes. And can I just tell you what a beautiful utopia it is to be in a mask mandatory zone? Where- wonderful. Where not only are the police officers actually wearing masks, they're enforcing the masks. Like, it, it's mind-blowing to me. Like, I was able to actually be outside and enjoy this beautiful weekend we had up here. Ooh. And not have to worry that someone's going to sneeze all over me. It was, it was great. Or that they are, like, kind enough and care enough about other people to keep their germs to themselves. Like, imagine being in a space where that happens. That's amazing. Yeah, so the trip to P-Town was great. I stayed at a beautiful little inn, quintessential New England. You know, even they were – everybody is so serious and precautionary when it comes to COVID. And it really did help me feel better because I am around people all the time. It's not like I'm just coming home and going – to stay at home. Exactly. Uh, And actually this trip back up to Salem on Sunday morning really wasn't that bad. It was actually an hour shorter than it was supposed to be. Ooh. It didn't really, the trip didn't really turn out how I was hoping it would turn out, but that's okay. We still kind of did a little bit of wandering and a little bit of shopping. Uh, So all, so with COVID, of course, they have a bunch of new regulations. They too are mask mandatory zones. So if you're going to Salem, you have to wear your masks. But uh, all of the museums are saying, you know, buy when you get here, same day tickets. So that's what I did. 
I waited till I got there and they had some available. They were just too late for me to stay. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. We walked around, we went to the Peabody Museum up there, which is a beautiful art museum. I was just kind of disappointed because, you know, when they advertise uh, the admission and it's like, oh, we have this exhibit on the Salem Witch Trials. Okay, great. So I buy the Mm -hmm. tickets. When you get in there, it's like, oh, our next showing isn't until such and such time. Yep. I'm like, oh, why did we buy tickets when you should say on your website that these are separate? Like, they don't cost separate. Like, your your GA will get you into it. It's just, it's timed, which I understand, you know, you have to be safe. It's the main attraction this time of year. I get it. But I was a little disappointed. That is disappointing. So I had a similar experience when I went to Salem. Mine wasn't in October. Thank God. I can't imagine trying to go to Salem in October, especially during COVID. Like I commend you for that. So I didn't buy tickets. I was going to buy tickets when I got there because it was a whim. So I got off from work one day and it was the middle of the day. And I said, I'm, I'm driving to Salem. I'm going, I'm going right now. And so I got there and they're like, oh, we don't have any more tickets for X amount of time. And I was like, I can't, I, just, I can't. So I can't, it's a long drive home. It was a long drive home, but I went, I ended up going. So I told you about the Walgreens. Yeah. Um. Did you go did, to the Walgreens? We did not because at that point it was getting a little late. Did you actually go up to the memorial? Yeah. So I okay. have pictures that I can put on um our Instagram. I'm really trying for us to be better at Instagram. Um, I'm not, I, if you go to my personal Instagram, so hard. you can literally scroll through the last 10 years of my Instagram. Yes. Five seconds. And that's exactly how I feel. And so I, for the sake of the podcast, I do want to at yes. least try on my end. And we're, so we're going to try. We're exactly, we want to try yeah. at least to do a little bit better. We make no promises, we're but good I do on have, Exactly. We're so damn good on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. And but we I don't do, do Facebook because Facebook's is for your grandmas and your aunties. And for, just, I feel like Facebook is so personal. I just need, yeah. I, we need some space. But I do have pictures from going to the actual memorial. I mean, you can literally walk right up to it. And so I do have pictures of that um, that we can use. And I'm sure you got some pretty sick pictures no. from your trip. Did you say no? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect that. <laughs> we couldn't really do much. Or did you at least like walk through the graveyards and stuff? No, because God damn it! I actually, I think I might take a drive back up there uh, next Monday. I'm off of work. Ooh. Um, and just Oprah Indigenous there. People Day. Ooh. Yeah, uh, they actually do have, in the Peabody Museum, I did take a picture of one of the things they have discussing the indigenous people of Salem. So Okay. okay. Well, we'll put, um, if you take more pictures, we'll put your pictures up, and then we'll put the pictures that I took up. I didn't go inside any of the museums because I was mad about the first one. And I'm a baby. <laughs> That's me. Like, I'm, I'll be mad all day about bit. it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to any museum, which it only hurt me. It didn't yeah. hurt anybody else. But you know what kind of, I will say it's the commercialism of it all, is they have a, some really nice regular shops. Like, Oh, yes. But then you have basically a Harry Potter gift shop. And yeah. I'm like... I'm not giving that bitch a goddamn dime. 
No, nope. you should go into Hex. That's one of the, that's the one that I went into where I wrote the letter to my grandmother and I think they lit it on fire or something. Or not my grandmother, my great grandmother. I can't remember how it went because I was a little bit day drinking while I was there. Um, <laughs> so, but no, good time. It sounded like you had a good time regardless of we the fact did. that you, and you... We did. And at the end of the day, which is going to be like one of our catchphrases, I think, because Jesus Christ, I can't stop saying it. I notice every true. at least one time an episode I say it. We, me and my husband had a nice, relaxing weekend. There was a lot of driving, but yeah, COVID's going back up. So we're likely going to be stuck in the house for the next six months. So, you know, might as well try to get a little bit of nice times before we're banished in the house with our children again. Exactly. And I'm definitely, so I, after you said you were going to Salem, I turned to my husband and I was like, Charles, we need to go to Savannah in October. And he's like, but I want to go to Orlando because they're equal distances in opposite directions from us. And so I was like, listen, Orlando is not one. It's COVID hotspot right now. You dumb bitch. And two, <laughs> <laughs> it's not Halloweeny. Like Savannah is actually haunted. This oh, is a, yeah. Oh, we some place got- we need to go. And he was just like, that I don't really be- want to go. That should be one of our episodes this month. Like Haunted Savannah? Yeah. So I'm I'm going regardless. I might take my son because he can't he can't really say no. I mean he could, but it doesn't matter. Is he going to? No. And so I might just take him. But yeah, I'm definitely planning be- to take a field trip up there. Because people, me, I'm people. didn't realize until i had to drive through georgia how big georgia really is oh yeah and some people might find that odd but remember i'm from a state that's one of the smallest states in the country literally literally so which is next to the smallest state if you uh, delaware is literally no it's rhode island and rhode island i used to drive all over the state in the same work day yeah like i can go from one end of my state to the other depending on traffic in two two and a half hours you can go from one county to the next in georgia in two and a half hours that's how long it takes me to get to savannah and i mean honestly i'm just gonna i think i'm gonna try it for this weekend yeah that's i have monday off so it'll be a night I don't have to worry about going to work and not having a weekend again because not being home this weekend. Oh, I bet that destroyed you. Oh, yeah. I have a million things of laundry I have to do. I have to clean. I have to do everything. But, hey, say la vie. Say la vie. But, so we did a lot of talking about your trip to Salem so before we get started on our actual topic for this week, please listen to these beautiful words from our pretend sponsors. Hey. Is student loan debt getting you down? Are you feeling concerns over who will be interpreting our Constitution? Are you wondering how you can have more control over who makes decisions on your behalf? Try Voting 2020. Hi, I'm Georgia red state and i'd like to tell you about voting in 2020 voting in 2020 is an all-inclusive drug meant to stimulate your rights during these trying times this unique blend of social responsibility and movement towards individual citizen needs will help move our country away from its current plague and into something a little less frustrating it is an alternative to not voting that appeals to those who feel as if all hope is lost if you'd like to try to turn this bullet train the hell around 
Try voting on or before November 3rd. Voting is not a cure for all ailments, including but not limited to systemic racism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, classism, or sexism. Voting is meant to hopefully lessen the intensity of these side effects, which are built into the foundation of American life and would need a complete overhaul to correct. Voting will, however, help put the right people in the right places to make such an overhaul possible. Please consult vote.org for your prescription of voting today. Voting deadlines are fast approaching in a state near you. All right, so I'm going to be bringing it in this week because I'm going to talk about a little bit of older stuff. Yeet. But, oh, yeah. I literally yeet. <laughs> Yoded. So one of the reasons why I chose this pretty black cat wine is because black cats are synonymous with witchcraft and Halloween. And just look at Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The black cat was named Salem. Racist. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I just I kind of wanted to touch on why black cats are associated with witchcraft and Halloween and why we still to this day are superstitious about black cats. And the short and easy answer to that is that pilgrims were garbage. Duh. So they brought that craziness from over there to hear about how they're evil and because the witch hysteria was in full effect when they started to colonize here in the States. The witch hysteria started in the 1300s in England and killed tens of thousands of people. There's obviously no official number. Of course not. There's not, especially even here, there's a not an official number for the amount of people, victims who were killed in the witch trials in the Americas. Just whether because everything was on pen and paper or pen, uh, quill and paper things get burned things get lost you know it and sometimes they're ashamed of it so maybe the next uh, governor or the governor after that would have made them disappear we all know how things can go disappearing <laughs> don't we though so like I'm, ghosts oh ghost literally like all of a sudden like what what uh vest cam footage what are you talking about that didn't work too <laughs> <laughs> but we've all heard of the salem witch trials that occurred over the time period of just over a year between february of 1692 and may of 1693 what you may not know is that the connecticut witch trials happened almost 30 years prior uh between 1647 and 1663 so they happened for almost 20 years. So this started 50 years before the Salem witch trials. And the Salem witch trials are really the ones we know about when we hear a witch trial. And in Connecticut, there's no official record of the trials. So we'll never know exactly how many victims of the trials in Connecticut, but there was a list that was penned by uh, John M. Taylor. And it lists a total of 37 cases, 11 of which resulted in executions. And before I start talking about the trials, I want to stress that none of these victims in the colonies were burned. That is oh. kind of, yeah, that's folklore. That makes a good story to tell. And I mean, they may have been burned in uh, England. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't go research that. But here in the States, they had to be tried by the magistrate or the court or however they called themselves back then. And the punishment for witchcraft was hanging. So all of them were hung with the exception of one who 
uh, was in Salem him, Salem itself, and that was Giles Corey, and he was actually pressed to death. Oh my God! So basically, he refused to ha- he refused to do a confession. You're like, confess, you witch, confess, and he's like, Nah, bro, I'm not doing that. I'm not a witch. So they basically laid him down on the ground, and they placed heavy stones on top of him, one by one by one. And they just left them there trying to get him to confess to the crime. And Fuck out of here. Yeah. So basically he asphyxiated and he died a very slow and painful death. I bet. So I would much rather have been hung. Right. And honestly, like to go along with the fact that a majority of them were hung, the Walgreens Memorial, I was, I want to call it a monument, but the Walgreens Memorial is the hang, it's the hanging site. Yes. And so it shows you, like, this is where people were hung. It's yeah. very clear. Yeah, those were the actual gallows. The shizzle. And they're, they're, right, they're not, the Walgreens is not even in the main tourist attraction. So, no, you have to find, I mean, yeah, you, you don't have to find it, you but have to you know have what to you're find it. Yeah. Exactly. And I do want to just do a quick note, because since we already talked about that, uh, I was kind of looking for where it was because I did hear that some people had some difficulty finding it. And mm-hmm. there was actually a reviewer on TripAdvisor who did the Lord's work. Yeah. He said this Proctor's Ledge Memorial is on the left side of Walgreens, roughly 20 yards behind the back parking lot up Pope Street. So if you're up in Salem and you want to go see the memorial, that's where it is. Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you don't go to that TripAdvisor, though, we will try to link it if Windsor still has the link. Um, if you're not going to that, if you type in, like, Salem Walgreens gallows location or hanging location, it'll give you an exact, like, set of directions to it, but then it'll also give you a picture because I don't know how to follow directions. I'm what they call directionally insane and if you give me directions that are not pictures i can't figure it out i don't know what's wrong with me i just i don't think i would have survived before navigation system no smartphones. no you basically need to be like so when you're going down the street there's going to be the second mcdonald's on your left that's where you're going to turn right and when you turn right there's going to be a dunkin donuts on your right and you're going to go straight past there just tell me in food and I'll not even tell me in food. Honestly, please don't use left and right with me because I'm so I'm telling you, I need to see the picture. I cannot hear the directions. I just I can't understand them. People will be like, you it's telling you where to go. I'm like, I, I gotta see it. So there are actual pictures that it'll show you. Like this is what it looks like if you're like me and are directionally insane. <laughs> directionally impaired is she yes so uh, there are a few key figures in the trials and the history of the witch trials in the americas i believe her name is alcee it's a-l-s-e alcee young was good to me (laughs) she was the first person executed for witchcraft not only in connecticut but likely in the whole of the american colonies oh damn Um, yeah on may 26 19 i'm sorry not 19. Let's start that over. Real recent. Real, real recent. <laughs> On May 26, 1647, she was executed in Hartford. Her execution was recorded in the journals of John Winthrop, the governor of Massachusetts Bay, and Matthew Grant, the second town clerk of Windsor. Hey. 
Windsor. There are no further surviving records on Young's trial or a specification of the charges against her. Around the time of the trial, an influenza epidemic occurred throughout the New England area. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Right now? Right now. You're going to do that right now? (laughs) Including her hometown of Windsor, which may have influenced the accusations against her because I, I could definitely see that. Because if she was sick with the flu, maybe she had a fever that made her delusional or because the people like back then had a very, we'll get to this uh, more in another episode, had a very limited understanding of science and how the body works. Which is wild because isn't that after when the, um, like the, not the Harlem Renaissance, God, I'm so stupid. The, the scientific revolution or whatever, like there was this kind of I, I emphasis mean, on learning and trying to be better, but this it was girl gets the this... fucking flu and we're like, you know what, she's crazy. Like back then they didn't want her. Well, it was still 400 years ago. It was. I mean, I completely see how it happens. I mean, just look at how half of the country is reacting to a pandemic and we understand science. And I don't even understand science very well. Well, we have people who understand science. Right. And I just listen to those people. Exactly. See, get like me. Just listen to the people that already know yes. what they're talking about. If you don't know science, if you're like Brittany, then just and listen Windsor. to smarter people. <laughs> yes. And the next line about uh young actually will probably explain why she was killed oh no she was likely married or related to john young of windsor and may have been eligible to inherit his property yep so the next in line wanted to make sure that they got their property yep but obviously that's all hearsay. I'm actually going to go through a list of victims in Salem at later, and I'm just going to kind of dissect what they were, their crimes were, and you're going to get mad with me. Okay. We, spoiler alert, we would all be hung. Damn it. Yeah. The next uh, um, important note, per, I'm sorry, the next person to note is Mary Johnson. Mary Johnson's was the first recorded confession of witchcraft. She works as a house servant and was accused of theft in 1648. After extensive torture and interrogation, sounds familiar, Mm -hmm. Johnson confessed to familiarity with the devil. She also confessed to having sexual relations with men and devils and to murdering a child. Her execution was delayed as she was pregnant during her imprisonment in Hartford, and she was executed on June 6, 1650. Yeah, that, that's a lot to unpack there. That's a lot to unpack. And honestly, when I said back then earlier, you know that Mike Jones song? It's like, back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm yeah. hot, hoes all love me. So this is rotating in my head. So I just feel like back then they didn't want them, but now they're hot, but not on fire. Yeah. And we're all on them. <laughs> Imagine. The next person to note is Catherine Harrison. And she was a former maidservant of Captain John Cullock. Harrison was born in England and came to America around 1651. She became a wealthy citizen of Wethersfield, Connecticut. And Wethersfield, if you want to look into it, does actually have 
a very rich history with the witch trials and they still have some buildings and memorials up there as well. Oh shit. So she became wealthy after she inherited her husband's estate worth 1000 pounds. Now I'm not going to do a currency converter. It's worth a, she had, she was rich. Okay. She She was was rich. rich as fuck. She had money. Especially considering 40 years ago, you could get a loaf of bread for 10 cents. Yes. Or when I started driving, gas, would you could still buy it for 99 cents a gallon. That shows our age. <laughs> Harrison experienced several legal problems, including the death of her livestock and the destruction of crops. Though her losses were supported by eyewitnesses, she received no compensation, uh, allegedly. And allegedly. Uh, allegedly. That's a citation needed moment there. <laughs> In 1668, she was sued for slandering Goody Griswold. Between <gasps> Goody. Don't slander Goody. How dare you. Between 1668 and 1669, Harrison was also accused of witchcraft. The accusations against her included breaking the Sabbath, fortune-telling, and using black magic, as well as appearing in spectral form to people. Allegedly. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, her trial definitely faced a lot of complications. The first jury never reached a verdict. Uh, the second jury found her guilty, but the magistrate disagreed as most of the evidence was spectral, which relied solely on the accusers, which honestly they all were. Because what evidence did you have in 1643 of witchcraft? Right. So, it's all hearsay. So, in May of 1670, Harrison was a, was released from prison, but she was banished from the Connecticut colony. And uh, her and her family uh, moved to New York. And I believe that she was the last trial in Connecticut. And... It just, like I said about a little bit about Weathersfield, during the 1650s, several people were tried for witchcraft. Uh, Joan and John Carrington were executed in 1651. They were prominent members of the Weathersfield community before being accused of witchcraft. Uh, Weathersfield was also the home of Mary Johnson and Catherine Harrison. And this resulted in the coining of the term Weathersfield witches, uh, commonly used by historians. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, I'll get into it. Yeah, and the Hartford State House, which still stands, I'm sure it's been renovated five million times. Wait a minute, is that the place with the gold dome? Yes. I got pictures in there too. Yes, that's actually where they were hung. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes. Ah, I went there with my family. My family. I'm sure many people got hung there, so. I bet they, they did. They have a big ass um, presentation of the Amistad trial, and Ooh. I was like, "Y'all really make this look fancy as hell." When it's just it was messy as hell, right? Like, come on, I saw the movie. <laughs> yep. In 1662 and 1663, the town of Hartford actually saw a surge in the witch hysteria. A series of accusations were made among the townsfolk. The first accusation was by Ann Cole, who accused Rebecca... Ann Coulter? Oh, probably. It's probably her <laughs> grandma. Because these lying assholes. Anyway. Oh, great, 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 great grandma. 
um, who accused Rebecca Greensmith and Elizabeth Seeger of tormenting her through magic, <gasps> which basically means that she didn't like the way she they looked at her. Oh no, she tortured me with magic. Ooh, these ladies will never know how to act in polite society. Polite society. I like how we have this fake ass Southern accent, but this is Connecticut. <laughs> And they probably Sometimes still had English accents. Exactly. You just got to do what you got to do. Like, but listen. it's just for the dramatic effect of it all. You know what I read is. that voice in? I read that voice in Kiki Palmer's alternate ego, Janet. I love Kiki Palmer so much. Oh, she's amazing. Okay. <laughs> keep, let's keep going. Uh, the parents of Elizabeth Kelly accused Goody Ayers of using black magic to kill their daughter. Okay. Other claims of black magic from Hartford were more peculiar. One claimed Satan caused her to speak with an accent. Me too. <laughs> Me too. That must be Satan that's giving us these shitty accents. It is. <laughs> um, another said her neighbors transformed into animals at night. I'm pretty sure that's a werewolf. Or like I'm pretty sure they're just having sex. They don't have to oh, be Oh, they were wild. Huh? <laughs> do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Catherine Branch served it to the Westcott family. They just sounded rich. Mm-hmm. Westcott. Westcott. Chad Westcott. Chad Westcott of Weathersfield, Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Going to blimp to Connecticut this weekend. What about you, peasant? With Ky- Kylie and Kaylee and Chad, all of those, <laughs> all, all those ridiculous ass rich people names. Okay. Catherine Branch, as I said, suffered from a series of fits and other instances that Daniel Westcott describing uh, described as being beyond nature, like elevating above her bed. All right, sweetie, she didn't do that. A minister from a neighboring village claimed Branch's afflictions were the result of her declining to join a witch coven. Or maybe she had a little bit of mental illness. I know my mental illness makes me levitate above the bed. I mean, I don't think she levitated, but I mean, a lot of things that were uh, misunderstood were results of mental illness and were blamed on things like this throughout history. So Yes, they were. And to this day. They, yes, they still are. All right. And from Hartford, four people were executed uh, for the crime of witchcraft. Nathaniel and Rebecca Greensmith, Mary Sanford, and Mary Barnes were all hung in 1662. Elizabeth Seeger was accused, but the charges were dropped due to weak evidence. Again, all of it. The end of the Connecticut witch trials. Uh, by 1663, the trials in Hartford were beginning to wind down, due in no small part to the return of the governor uh, of the Connecticut colony, John Winthrop Jr. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ned Lamont. He gets <laughs> shit done. <laughs> Maybe it was his great, 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 great grandfather. Maybe. Winthrop was generally regarded as, quote, New England's quintessential adjudicator of witchcraft cases, end quote. 
And this was due not only to his status as the son of the governor of Massachusetts, but also to his firsthand knowledge of ma natural magical practices associated with alchemy, a mystical form of chemical experimentation, which means he was doing drugs. Exactly. Exactly. Why do we have to call it something funky? He was doing getting, drugs. He was getting high. That's what was happening. So, as this article states, because his experience with alchemy and having seen John Dee and Robert Flood, two major influences in his studies, stand against false accusations of witchcraft, he often involved himself in witchcraft cases to ensure that the accused were not executed. So the fact that he would not, he would basically stand in the way of the trials and if they were convicted, he wouldn't let them get executed. Kind of just, they got bored, basically. And they were like, well, fuck it. We can't kill anybody. What's the point? That's wild. Okay. So uh, the, his return and involvement in the trials also ushered in a period of increasing skepticisms towards accusations of witchcraft. And in 1669, it was Winthrop's court that established that multiple witnesses needed to bear witness to the same act of witchcraft simultaneously. So basically, he was calling out bullshit. And since he was brave enough to call out the bullshit, other people were kind of being like, well, yeah, that kind of doesn't make sense. How is Goody the only one to have seen this? Every time I see Mary, she's fine. And see, that's so interesting because I feel like if Mary was just trying to call out her own bullshit because Mary's a woman in the 1600s, they're like, Mary, shut the fuck up, yes. you stupid witch. So basically, men got bored because they weren't allowed to kill anyone. And since some, it's the herd mentality, their leader was like, eh, I don't know about all this. So they're like, eh, I don't know about all this. Basically, like, you know, cope is no big deal. Eh, I don't need a mask. So I don't even say those words on our podcast. <laughs> so it's still the same mentality 400 years later that keeps getting us into these fucking situations. It's never going to change because that's human nature. That's because men are not reliable sources. Because men ain't shit. Men 2020. Ain't shit. Okay. And uh, with that ruling, um, it significantly stemmed the flow of accusations. And despite a minor panic during the Salem later, no witches were executed in Connecticut after Catherine Harrison's release in 1670. So they may have been charged with witchcraft, but they were never executed. So now that Connecticut's done, we're going to talk about Salem a little bit uh, the ones we all know and love. So the Salem witch trials claimed the lives of 25 people. Quote, all 19 who were executed through a hanging died at Proctor's Ledge. Five others died in jail. And then the one I spoke about before was crushed to death. Fuck, that just so gets me. That's like that guy that liked to spank families in front of the entire altar. Yeah. It just gets me. Why? Why do we have to do all this? Yeah, like it's it's mind blowing to me. Like, I I probably would have confessed. Like I like you're. But you, it doesn't get any better yeah. if you confess. Well, I mean, you could get hung. <laughs> you're gonna die. How quickly are you gonna die? But I mean, if you're already dying, does it really matter? I mean, and that's exactly what it is. You're gonna die so, either way. There's no way out of it. Yes. Yeah, so, I 
I will fold under torture if you even look at me. So I am not a good candidate for the CIA or anything like that. That is like a that. lie. That is a lie. I watched you make that security guard quit. Well, I wasn't being tortured. I was torturing oh. them. Like, if you're going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to rip your nails off or something like that. Oh, no, no. What do you want to know? I got the receipts. I I'll tell you whatever <laughs> you want to know. Just please don't do that. But, yeah, no. He I wasn't the only one who made him quit. He was really <laughs> uncomfortable with the other person. He was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out. Try to listen. He was a man that didn't like to be put in his place. I <laughs> Basically. We're going to have to talk about that in another episode. Yeah, definitely. That's a whole mood. That's a whole mood. <laughs> oh, man. I was I was ready to fight that day. Don't don't fuck with me. And see, I wasn't ready to fight. I just knew that I wasn't moving. I, I was... Were you going to do move yeah. me? Like, you asked us to step away, so we said yes, and that you would hold our place in line, and then you want to let people cut us? And it wasn't even that, that he would hold our place in line. It was the fact that he told us that we were actually required to move and that there would be nobody that could take those spots uh, yep. next because we were required to move and then he gave them to somebody else so and just because we walked up to him and we had a problem with that and then he's like you have to back up and we were like no now we sound like monsters yeah and then all they had to do was tell the fucking people to stand up in the queue and another 20 of us could have fit in line but now that I'm thinking about it, like, we were all just standing really too close. Well, God, in COVID standards, we were. We did not know it was coming down well, the pipe. No, no, what made me mad was that we had to prepay for those. Oh, never. Okay, so let's get back. So anyway. what happened to Salem with men? All right, because that is a whole fucking rant. So Uncle Smithsonian did a great summary of the trial. So honestly, I'm just going to discuss what they said and read a lot of it because it's very clear and concise. It's Salem Witch Trials is a lot of information and you could probably do a multi-part podcast on it. So in January of 1692, Reverend Paris's daughter, Elizabeth, age nine, and niece, Abigail Williams, age 11, started having, quote, fits. They screamed through things, uttered peculiar sounds, and contorted themselves into strange positions. A local doctor blamed this on the supernatural. I mean, if this would have been about 200 years later, they would have said that it was a possession. Mmm, okay. Another girl, Ann Putnam, age 11, experienced similar episodes. On February 29th, under pressure from magistrates uh, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, the girls blamed three women for afflicting them. Tadupa, the Paris's Caribbean slave, Sarah Good, a homeless baker, and Sarah Osborne, an elderly impoverished woman. So basically these little rich bitches got sick or whatever and blamed their afflictions on three random people who didn't do a goddamn thing to them. Of course they did, because why take responsibility for our own stuff? Exactly. Uh, all three women were brought before the local magistrates and interrogated for several days, starting on March 1st, 1692. Osborne claimed in innocence, as did Good, but Taduba confessed, the devil came to me and bid me serve him. She described elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a, quote, black man who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted that she signed the book and that there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans. 
all three women were put in jail. This is important because now the seed of paranoia has been planted. Yep. A stream of accusations followed for the next few months. Charges against Martha Corey, a loyal, a loyal member of the Church of Salem Village, greatly concerned the community. If she could be a witch, then anybody could. Like, if the preacher's wife can be a, a witch, so can you. I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> all right. So magistrates even questioned Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy. Four years old. Aww. And her she's tim- probably like, can I play with my hay doll? Right. I just want to no, be able to eat. She didn't have any hay doll or anything because her mother was a homeless beggar. Like, she just wanted a piece of bread. Damn. Uh, I just ruined that. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> uh, and her timid answers were construed as a confession because a four-year-old was intimidated by grown-ass men likely yelling at her. She's now considered a confession because she was like, no, sir. I'm scared and hungry. God damn it. If women were running this, it probably would have still happened, but not to this point. If women were running things, I just feel like it would probably be, we'd be so industrialized. It would be men being hung for witchcraft. And Except women. it wouldn't be because I don't think women would hang men for witchcraft. I think women would hang men for like rape. They would just blame it on witchcraft back then. Anyway, yes, but no, they would would just make it legal to cook dicks off, which is still should. Anyway, cook dicks off. Cut it off. <laughs> he said, "Cook dicks off." <laughs> <laughs> So it's like you make them pull it out over an open flame and wait till it falls off. Actually, I mean, that sounds about, that sounds about fair for raping somebody. What do you think? I mean, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> All right. So, ah, lost my spot. The, the question got more serious in April when Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and his assistants attended the hearings. Dozens of people from Salem and other Massachusetts villages were brought in for questioning. On May 27, 1692, Governor William Phipps, 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 ordered the establishment of a special court, a court of oyer, I guess that means to hear, and terminer to decide for several exits and Middlesex counties. The first case brought to the special court was Bridget Bishop, an older woman known for her gossipy habits and promiscuity. When asked if she committed witchcraft, Bishop responded, I am as innocent as the child unborn. The defense must not have been convincing because she was found guilty. And on June 10th, she became the first person hanged on what was later called Gallows Hill. Of course she was. Yes, because she spoke her mind and she enjoyed having sex. We would be dead in a day. Oh, you made it the full day? <laughs> Five days later, respected minister Cotton Mather wrote a letter. Cotton. Something Trump would name his kids. Cotton. So racist. Baron and Cotton. Wrote a, letter to, wrote a letter imploring the court not to allow... 
uh, spectral evidence, testimony about dreams and visions was that basically is. So you can't, so people were being killed and convicted of witchcraft by dreams. People had a dream that were likely influenced by this mass hysteria and were using that as proof that someone was using witchcraft. Nope. And that's garbage. That is garbage. So the court largely ignored this request and five people were sentenced and hanged in July. So they said, fuck it. I don't care. You had a dream about it. Fuck that bitch. Five more in August and eight in September. On October 3rd, following in his son's footsteps, Increase Mather, his name is Increase. I love it. Cotton and his son Increase. Increase the cotton output. It's oh, racist. Jesus. I I don't I don't know about this name. This has to be the most ridiculous name I ever heard. Who <laughs> <laughs> was then president of Harvard? denounced the use of spectral evidence. It were better that 10 suspected witness witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. I mean, okay, increase. So I was hating on your name, but at least you're not complete shit. Okay. Governor Phipps, in response to Mather's plea and his own wife being questioned for witchcraft, prohibited further arrests. So basically, gossip was going around that Mrs. Phipps was a witch so he was like nah 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 you can't kill my wife we're done with this now uh it released many accused witches and dissolved the court of oyer and terminer on october 29th phipps replaced it with the superior court of judicature which disallowed spectral evidence and only condemned three out of 56 defendants phipps eventually pardoned all those who were in prison oh hold on i had a little feedback it's still going we're doing so good for a while, too. All right. Phipps eventually pardoned all those who were in prison on witchcraft charges by May 1693, but the damage had been done. Nineteen were hanged on Gallows Hill. A 71-year-old man was pressed to death with heavy stones. Several people died in jail, and nearly 200 people overall had been accused of, quote, practicing the devil's magic. And just just kind of talking about the girls at the beginning of this story in an effort to explain scientific means of the strange afflictions suffered by those quote bewitched uh, a study was actually published in science magazine in 1976 cited the fungus ergo or ergot it's a fungus which is commonly found in rye wheat in cereals which back then they ate a lot of, and they don't have the processing that we have now. And toxicologists say that symptoms such as delusions, vomiting, and muscle spasms, aka the contorting, could be a, god damn it. Hold on. We're doing so good. I feel like we haven't had feedback in a while. I think it's because of where I'm sitting. It's fine. And how I have it set up. But as long as we catch it, it's all good. We can edit it out. So toxicologists say that they can cause symptoms such as delusions, vomiting, and muscle spasms. So basically, these girls probably had some bread that had this fungus in them. And mm. they got 
high and poisoned. Ew. Or maybe they had some mushrooms. Or maybe they just weren't witches at all. Yeah, maybe. I know it's a concept, but oh, you yeah. gotta do what you gotta do. So, um, let I'm actually gonna open my iPad here, and I want to, I'm trying to figure out how to open it. So I'm going to read uh, some of the names here, and I'm going to discuss their crimes. Yes. So we discussed Bridget Bishop, who was the first person to be es- um, executed during the Salem witchcraft trials. In Salem folklore, she is portrayed as a feisty, fun-loving, lusty innkeeper who can't seem to keep herself out of trouble. That sounds like a that sounds like a new age movie that would star Reese Witherspoon. Like she's a spunky innkeeper in the Salem, Massachusetts, and by golly, she can't keep herself out of trouble. Always has an eye for the fellas. <laughs> so actually, historians have more recently painted a somewhat different picture, owing it to the confusion with Sarah Bishop, who also appears in court records. So they think that Sarah Bishop was more of the flirty, uh, lusty one, and uh, Bridget Bishop really wasn't so much, but she was quick wit and independent. And her that spirit could not be broken by the men. So basically, she was a strong woman. She wasn't taking shit from them. And they didn't like it, so they sentenced her to death. I just feel like we could write a really, like, feel-good friends comedy circled around these women. Like, one is feisty and spirited, and she is a spirit that can't be broken, and the other one's a sexy innkeep. What's the third one? It's got to be three. Um, let's see... I don't know. Fuck it. There can be two. There's two today. Feel good comedy of the summer. Salem, Massachusetts. Colon. The witch trials. Yes. So Sarah Good was born to a prosperous innkeeper. Uh, However, her father's estate became entangled in litigation and left her in poverty. After the death of her first husband, she married William Good. The Goods lived a life of begging and poverty in Salem's visits. So... This was the the woman that was accused. She was the baker who was accused by the girls of witchcraft. So she went from having a great life to losing everything, which we've, a lot of us have been through. Mm -hmm. The goods were homeless, renting rooms in other people's houses and had two young children. So that's a little bit about them. Basically, she was a poor beggar woman and she wasn't worth their time. Damn. So, I'm also just trying to read really quickly. All right. So, George Jacob Sr. was about 72 years old when he was hanged as a wizard on August 19, 1692, along with three men and one woman. The first time men were executed... The first time men were executed for witchcraft in Salem. He was accused, among many others, by his granddaughter. Man, these hoes ain't loyal. Uh, Margaret Jacobs was also accused and imprisoned. Uh, depending on scholarly opinion, he has been seen the, as the victim of personal grudges, the casualty of social political climate of Salem. 
the, or the target of cultural systems effects on young, socially subordinate women. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Sounds rural familiar. Sounds rural familiar. Rural. Uh, so Margaret Scott, uh, the witch trial, the witchcraft accusation trial of Margaret Scott, executed on September twenty second, sixteen ninety two, had been a mystery to historians. With the recently located depositions of her examination, the people, places, and events associated with her trial can now be extensively examined. So there's really not much on here, but likely she was unsavory, quote unquote. And the the baby of Sarah Good, how I, she was pregnant when she went on trial. So the baby did actually die when before she was executed. Fuck, they didn't even let her have the baby? No, the, they let her have the baby. That's why she wasn't executed. But the baby died while she was incarcerated. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, which wasn't uncommon for those days, but it they still attribute her death uh, because she wouldn't have been in a prison cell. And, you know, I honestly, I can keep going and reading a little bit about these victims all day, but there's a really common thread amongst all of these. And you'll see a lot of independent women, women Mm -hmm. with sharp wit and sharp tongue. Are there people who had property that maybe they were next in line to inherit or yep many of these people who were accused were accused as a way to get rid of them so which makes it 10 times worse in my opinion no i definitely agree with that especially when you're accusing somebody out of a sense of greed yeah like you ain't shit for that that's that's really shitty and so, following the trials and the executions, many involved, like Judge Samuel Seawall, publicly confessed error and guilt. On January 14, 1697, the general court ordered a day of fasting and soul-searching for the tragedy of Salem. Is that like a reset button? Do they turn like, Salem you know on and off again? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> you know what? We're not going to eat anything. We're going to pray about it. And then tomorrow, it's going to be fine. Oh, good. It'll be like it never even happened. Yep. In 1702, the court declared the trials unlawful, but that won't bring back any of those who were murdered. Nope. And in 1711, the colony passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of those accused and granted 600 pounds restitution to their heirs. That's actually a pretty good amount of money. But still, they murdered them. Right. Uh, It wasn't until 1957, more than 250 years later, that Massachusetts formally apologized for the events of 1692. And like we said earlier, the location of the gallows is now Walgreens. And that is pretty much it. If you want to visit, uh, pay your respects, you can go to the gallows um, off Prosper um, at the memorial. You can also go to Weathersfield and to Hartford, which both do have uh, memorials. And some of the houses still stand in Weathersfield today. Okay. All right. That's it. That's me. That was fantastic. And definitely the history of it. While I feel like we all 
have this sense of knowing so much in our own heads about like the Salem witch trials, the fact that there were so many witch trials that I had never even heard of in Connecticut, even though I lived in Connecticut, blows my mind. Yeah, and was, what I didn't so... know either. I literally just found that out. And you grew up there. At least I had like some semblance of saying that I didn't grow up yeah, there. Like, because, I don't know. Yeah, it's unlike Salem, while uh, Connecticut does have a lot of history in that area, it's more if you go look for it. Mm-hmm. And around Halloween, you'll have ghost tours and stuff. But Salem, that is their economy. In- yeah, it really is. I mean, that entire strip, I don't know if you went through all the shops and stuff, or at least like walked through them. But I mean, that's, you're there to be in a witchy experience. Yes, and I was definitely there for all the good doggos in their costumes. Oh. Because that was well worth it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, well, you gave us some dope-ass information about history of witching and execution in the New England area. I wanted to go a little bit low country, and I swore to actual God that there was a witch trial that happened to Savannah. Like, since I moved back, I've really been trying to find things that relate to what we're doing in my area so that I don't feel like I live in, like, a dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) And I was 1,000% wrong. There was not a witch trial that I could find in Savannah. What I was actually thinking of was the hanging of Alice Riley, and she was the first woman hanged in Georgia because she murdered the fuck out of her master with her boyfriend. And it was interesting because you said that your person, um, your last woman, she had a baby and then she was hanged. And that's what happened to Alice. She was pregnant. They let her have the baby. And then I think the baby died also, but I can't remember because since. Oh yeah. There are multiple of the victims who the only reason they either weren't executed. And that was because by the time they had the baby, it was over. Or they were give they gave birth and then they were executed. Back then, you didn't even now. In places where they have the death penalty, they will never execute you while you're pregnant. Because baby, because you are just an incubator, you stupid, exactly. stupid woman. But um, so that wasn't a witch trial. That was just a woman getting executed after she murdered the shit out of her master again i want to say that she murdered the shit out of him not mad about it (laughs) i'm sure he deserved it i think he did i didn't go into the whole story we probably won't do it because to me it was actually quite boring i know it's not boring to everybody but this is this is my shtick and i'm gonna stick to what i want i mean considering that he was a slave master i'm 99.999 percent sure that he was a piece of shit well, he was, she wasn't a slave. She was like an indentured servant, and she called him master. Oh, Too much. So um, I didn't get my hometown witch trial, which I was looking for, so I decided to go in a completely different direction. So since you gave us all of this great information about New England, old school witch trials, I decided to go new school. I wanted to be the Dougie Fresh to your Beethoven. I wanted to be the... Cardi B to your salt and pepper. I wanted something completely different. So I went for new school modern day witch trials and they will ruin your evening. Oh no. Or your morning commute or whatever time you're listening to this. I'm gonna drink. Drank. 
So the first one is the murder of Alma Hema. Alma was a 72-year-old woman that was attacked by a group in November 2010 and set on fire. So Alma, she's a grandmama, is from Ghana, which is a country in Africa. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Africa is a continent that houses other countries. So this group of five individuals that were evangelicals claimed that Alma admitted to being a witch. And so they attempted to exercise her with holy water, which the funny thing about this holy water is that it was kerosene. Oh, I'm... And so they said, we're going to exercise her with holy water, but then as they were exercising her with this, quote, holy water, the demon reacted with the holy water, and they said that her body lit on fire as a result. No. They poured kerosene on her, and they lit her on fire because they stated that she claimed to be a witch. I'm 99.999% sure that you can't bless kerosene. I mean, they tried. They were just like, nope, we are in the evangelicals. God. Jesus turned water into wine. We are going to turn kerosene into holy water. We are doing it. God, people are garbage. <laughs> so the 72-year-old grandmother, minding her business in Ghana, living her life, she's attacked by these five evangelicals that state that she claimed that she was a witch. They set her on fire. So Amma actually did not die immediately. Instead, they were able to get her to the hospital and that she passed away the next day in the hospital. So I just want to take a minute to want to emphasize the fact that this was in November 2010. So this was roughly 10 years ago that this happened. 10 modern ass day years ago so that this real, happened. Real quick, I, I just a side note. So right as you said that she died, I had a drip dropping down my wine bottle. And it dripped right down the cat's eye. And it looks like the cat's crying. Aww. It was so cute. That's also so sad. It really is so sad. Aww. I'm going to take a from... picture of it, and I'm going to put it with the rice in the background because I'm in my pantry. Yes, rice in the background. So, also, before jumping back into other any other stories, because honestly, like, that's the story. Miss Alma died after being lit on fire by evangelicals who claimed that she was a witch. But the bigger story within this story so we're going to do a quick learning minute so ghana actually has designated low i've wrote designated learning locations i (laughs) (laughs) I don't know (laughs) why i put learning so they have designated locations for women that are accused of being witches they're called witch camps well okay makes sense. i know right simple So these witch camps are used to house women that have been accused of sorcery or witchcraft by their families. Generally, these women have done something like be next in line to inherit their husband's land or fortune. Or use their sharp wit and quick mouth. Stand up for themselves. How dare you, woman, know your place. Exist with a mental illness. Oh, the audacity. The audacity audacity or exist alone after the death of their spouse so imagine like being able to function eventually after your spouse is deceased their families are like nope fuck all of this you're a witch you need to get out of here so what happens is the families cast them out so the women are no longer allowed to stay there and so the women can go to one of these camps around the country so while you're in this camp 
the women are under the protection of a local chief. So somebody can't just run up on one of these quote, witch camps and be like, we're burning this shit down or we're drowning everybody because they're witches. No, these chiefs will fuck you up. Well, thank God for small favors. Yeah. So the chief is responsible for determining like who can come in and out of the camp. He also gives the women responsibilities. And I say he because usually it's a, it's a he. He gives the women responsibilities um, such as like working in the field. So you're kind of like earning your keep while you're in this witch camp. So it sounds like it could be a small favor, but do not hesitate to think that these are more or less like the colonies and the Handmaid's Tales where women who are considered useless by society are cast out and forced into labor. Okay. Basically, so I'm yeah, that's that real fucking shitty. It's really shitty, and honestly, the expectation is that sooner or later these spaces will be closed because they give such a negative vibe and they that association with quote being a witch in Ghana. Um, but then it's also the forced labor and not only working for that chief but essentially like that chief has other people that he has to take care of and now you're like this extra person or extra people if you've got children that come with you that he is now has to be responsible for so it just it's got good and bad in it but a a lot of what i see is bad like it gives them a home at the same time because they've been outcast because what else is what are they going to do but it's really overall shitty Exactly. And that's exactly why they haven't been shut down yet is because it creates an opportunity to prevent homelessness and promote safety for these women. So if they leave these camps, which I mean, honestly, it's just at this point getting to the point where it's just such a large group of older women that have been pushed out of their families and have no place to go, then they do become homeless and they do lack that safety aspect where if they try Mm -hmm. to go home, they can either be refused home existence so they somebody in the family could say no we cast you out as a witch you can't come back here or they could be harmed like ama was and so so also like how perhaps uh some members of the gay community are treated or the trans community or any one of these communities that aren't mainstream not mainstream that aren't i know what you're saying that aren't the quote-unquote norm Right, they don't meet the predetermined expectation. And so that it, you're exactly right, like an LGBT youth that is cast out of their home because they don't meet the expectation of that family, then you exist in this state of homelessness and without any safety. So these camps are essentially like that. They're providing that safety that maybe like a homeless shelter would for a youth. Um, but I mean, obviously you're not getting like the social work and things like that. You got this chief and he's just like, you can work in these fields. You better earn your keep. I don't know what to say to you. But yeah, it is essentially the same idea where people are cast out because they don't meet that expectation or they do something that goes, quote, against the grain. Um, and so it ends up being just a terrible, shitty situation for them. I mean, some of them might be witches and they might hey, go it, willingly and say like, might. you know what? I can be a witch out here in area 51 i there's so many different camps and i was trying to focus on saying different names so i didn't even go into all the different locations there are five in the state they're all five still open they're trying to close them it's not happening yet so but if they close them what happens to the women they don't have a plan for that yet and that's part of the reason that they haven't closed so 
in theory, I mean, you have a plan, something that's established because they like, can't they carry that negative stigma. Yeah. Like, this is shitty, but we don't have any alternatives right now. And honestly, I kept thinking of, like, internment camps. So the United States, I feel like we haven't talked about that in so long. Like, when was the last time I actually talked about internment camps or when I've actually heard about it? But it's such a real part of our history. So what was the end result after that? Do we know? After the last internment camp, wasn't it the Japanese? Right. So well, the whatever. First of, the last official. We all know what's happening now, but the last official was the Japanese during World War Two. And so, like, whatever that resolution was, which I hope was some money and some space. I say, um, but well, it probably wasn't because it's the United uh, States, and you don't get money or space after times of confinement. But I just feel like having something set up where if you end the camp, but maybe turn it into like, I don't know, housing project. I don't know, but there's gotta be something better than having these elderly women out in the middle of expected nowhere existing in these quote camps because the camps themselves carry that negative stigma or that stigma. I do have an answer. Yes. Uh, the last Japanese internment camp closed in March 1946. President Gerald Ford officially repealed Executive Order 9066 in 1976. And in 1988, Congress issued a formal apology and passed the Civil Liberties Act, awarding $20,000 each to over 80,000 Japanese Americans as reparations for their treatment. Okay. I mean, if they were to do that for these women they could live really nicely or even just give them some land and them some space underneath maybe have this chief volunteer i like i'm just spitballing bullshit right now let have the women sh- do let, uh, just, do their own community yeah sure just let them have their own community and just get rid of all the bullshit so that they can build community as opposed to living in what is essentially an internment camp for witches mm-hmm. or the perceived witch yep so these camps are in a certain areas of the country, and Br- Alma was brutally murdered in a place that was not near one of these camps. So it's not even like these people could have said, like, oh, she was a witch that wandered away and we had to kill the shit out of her. No, not possible. They um, targeted her and murdered her in cold blood. Exactly. And unfortunately, I was unable to find out the fate of her murderers because this is one of those cases that was really big the first day. And Probably nothing probably nothing because they were like jesus told us to and somebody was just like all right i mean if jesus said it so next we are leaving ghana but we are not leaving this area of the world we are jumping on our carmen san diego plane and flying over to saudi arabia where in the world is carmen san diego tonight she's in saudi arabia all right there have been a number of public beheadings in saudi arabia over concerns of witchcraft Literally, okay. Saudi Arabia does not play around. They With don't have witch camps ever, ever. And what's wild is that it is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Which like, makes it, me sad that we can never actually go and really see it. Ex- it fucking nuts out. So, Saudi Arabia, they literally do not play when it comes to witches. They don't have witch camps to keep women safe. Instead, they actually have a witchcraft task force that will... Fuck you up. Why am I not surprised? 
So they have like a whole ass ministry against magic task force in today's world. Like I really want that to sink in. They've got this Harry Potter ass muggle task force. Oh, that is not a good look. And so what happens is, is they don't like, or I'm sorry, what happens is, is anybody that they believe is using the Quran for nefarious purposes or that is existing with it in like hand in hand with any other type of belief system, this task force will hunt you down. So let me guess, they can just go with spectral evidence. Yes. So this is what happened in the case of Amina bint Abhalim Nassar. So she was accused of being a healer and literally selling approximately three bottles of like healing potion and earning herself about $400, which that is quite the hustle. Three bottles from a healer, $400. In Saudi Arabia, while their witchcraft, ta- witchcraft task force will hunt you down, this is not generally an execution-worthy offense. So what happened is the people that are in power right now compared to who was in power years before and hopefully who will be in power later, like in later days, um, they're more conservative than the people that have been in power or that will hopefully be in power. So it's a very conservative group of people and they do not play. They take the Quran and it is what it is. There's no room for interpretation. There's no like Ruth Bader Ginsburg saying, this is how I interpret the Quran. It's all or nothing. And so when this group heard about Amina's work, they had her beheaded. Oh, And it was a public beheading because Saudi Arabia wants you to know that I said this, I did this. They're teaching a lesson. Teaching a lesson. So, honestly, they're a very conservative group that's running shit. Sounds like a group of people that I know in a country that I've been. And they will probably take your head, too, if they think that you're making $700 or $400 off of anything. So, but that doesn't directly affect, um, help them in any way, shape, or form. Because if they profited off of it, it'd be okay. Exactly. I'm coughing in America right now because, I mean, honestly, the very conservative group that is running that country is presenting in the same way that a very conservative group I keep hearing about is running our country. So, honestly, imagine being part of, and this is the part that kills me imagine like sit back close your eyes imagine being part of the fastest growing religion on the planet Mm -hmm. the fastest growing religion on the planet and you are concerned that some woman is selling a made up potion or maybe she was a witch and maybe she could heal with this potion and she was just like four hundred dollars or nothing and people were like oh this woman who sold oil and water and did not give me a cut of the profit, must die. Exactly. Like, I just feel like there's a bigger picture that they could be looking at, and they opted not to look at that bigger picture. And they could have been like, you made $400 off of three bottles, so how do we get it on that? 
how do we tax you on that so that we can get some of that money? No. They charged her as a witch. They charged her with witchcraft, and they beheaded her. So this happened in 2011. In 2012, the Saudi Ministry Against Magic, that's not their real name, but I feel like it's catchier than whatever the hell they've got. It works. I like it. Exactly. Executed Niri bin Ali al-Asiri for possessing a talisman and books deemed in line with witchcraft. So, unlike Amina... I'm going to die because I will take a picture of my bookshelf. Exactly. So, unlike Amina, he didn't... He wasn't a healer. He didn't sell things. He had a talisman, which anything could can be considered a talisman. And he, at the very least, maybe he did, was interested in the occult. And maybe but he was. And that's at, the whole thing. Yeah, maybe at the very was. least, he had an academic interest in something. Exactly. And so he was found with this talisman, which, again, I want to reiterate that it can literally be anything, and books that were deemed in line with witchcraft. So he could have had a copy of Harry Potter and, I don't know, a USB cord that looked a little funky. I don't know. But those items... I can't. God, he had one fucking half-burnt candle that, like mine, lights up when you light it. And they were just, like, fucking witchcraft we are done and he's like eh, i got it at michael's <laughs> yeah he said i got it at michael's when it was a 50 percent off door buster and they're just like witchcraft which honestly i'm not gonna lie when i lit it i did this shriek i was so excited because i did not know and it <laughs> says it on the candle that it is a color chasing candle and i just thought it meant the flame i didn't know the entire jar was going to change colors <laughs> so he lit that bitch right when they were walking in he was setting the mood he was going to sit down i won't even say harry potter because i don't want to talk about anything related to jk rowling but maybe he was reading the land of stories Okay. And he had it propped up next to his color-changing candle, and somebody walked past the window. They beat his door down, and he earned a fate, much like Amina's, where he was publicly beheaded. I hate that. Right? And here's what you're going to hate even worse. And, like, I'm wrapping it up now. So, Saudi Arabia doesn't play so much that they detained a Lebanese fortune teller personality while he was visiting the country. This person literally was on television in another country claiming to be a fortune teller in another country, took a vacation into Saudi Arabia, and he was detained as the result of the fact that in another country he was, he was considered a, a Miss Cleo. Yep. yep. And we it's- all know that Miss Cleo was not real. Well, she was real. She just wasn't an actor. I was going to say, she was technically a real person. I don't know what you mean. She wasn't psychic, though. She's technically a real person. And guess what? Every millennial knows who Miss Cleo is. Call me now. And I would be lying if I didn't say that my mother was going to kill me one time because I called Miss Cleo. See, I want I want to kill you. Just I was like on. 10. It, <laughs> that and I'm the just going to skip over that. And so, the box. Nope, I'm skipping over that. I'm not saying anything else. So that's basically it. Honestly, if you are practicing and any type of sorcery or witchcraft, please keep it on the DL if you are in Saudi Arabia 
or Ghana, unless you live in a witch camp, or just if it's possible and it works for you, go somewhere where it's super duper safe, like, and practice there. It's it's Halloween month. We're happy. We're drinking. And we're going to end this episode. So, Brittany, do you have an OMG I Love It this week? Yes. Yes, I do. So... Anybody that knows me, which is basically nobody because I don't have any friends other than Windsor. Oh, just kidding. Um, you have Melissa and Brittany. I mean, Brittany. You have Melissa and I'm a, too. <laughs> I said I was just kidding. Joe, kidding. So, my OMG, I love it. Um, or any, blah, 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 blah. So, anybody that knows me knows that I love Chris Rock um, so much. I even watch all of his bad movies. Um, I don't think they're bad. I just think they're misunderstood. It, comedy is definitely in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. And I I love to laugh. I love comedy. I love comedians. I love stu- stuff that's stupid and stuff that's not stupid. Um, but anyways, I'm all the way off track. So my OMG, I love it, is the fact that Chris Rock was on SNL hosting. He hosted the season opener, which I was very curious to see how that was going to work considering how last season ended because of COVID. I think he did a great job. I mean, Jim Carrey was there too, which I gotta love Jim Carrey. But Chris Rock was there. I love the his entire opening monologue. He did a really good job. And one of the things that he pointed out during this monologue that really made me love it was the fact that the government really wants to fuck with us because they're making elections happen on Tuesdays. And he made a really good point about Tuesdays. Like, nobody plans fun shit for Tuesdays. Nobody plans major decisions on Tuesdays you plan them your fun shit on Fridays or the weekend and you plan your important shit for like Mondays so why do we have election day on Tuesday like the way he put it he was just like people don't wake up basically on a Tuesday and like I can't wait to do this thing on a Tuesday so it was gold no lie there I mean seriously and I just I really sat with it yes and Megan killed it Oh, of course she did. But also, he quoted James Baldwin during the episode. I didn't write down the quote, but right now I'm in the process of also watching Lovecraft Country and consuming anything that has a James Baldwin quote in it. So (laughs) it was brilliant. I was very pleased. I watched it while I was writing notes and doing my actual work because I thought I was special. So I had like my computer and my work computer just propped up and I was typing like Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty. Put on two computers. I can do it. Ready? Ready? Exactly. Exactly. I was answering all of God's emails. But that was my OMG. I love it. I loved it. Windsor, what's yours? So this weekend, I did a few things. I talked a little bit before. This weekend, we went to Pilgrim House, uh, which is a a venue slash bar in P-Town. And they had an outdoor drag show. When I tell you this was so socially distanced, everyone was six feet apart. It was outside. I was completely comfortable going in there. It was pretty much peak entertainment for 2020. But so I went to go see a performer whom I actually met when I was outside of work. Now, mind you, this entertainer does not live in Connecticut. Uh, He happened to be leaving another show in town, and he went to the coffee shop that I was going to. 
And there is the Trump flag man that's by that coffee shop. And the week before, I got into a fight with the Trump man, as you do. Uh, But that's not important (laughs) to the story. But so in 2020, when you meet strangers, you kind of have to have this vibe. So I'm texting and he kind of looks at me and I kind of look at him and I like give that ilk face. And so then we know we can vibe because we both hate the same person. So we were chatting this and that, and he is actually a actually really successful uh, drag queen in New York City. And he was doing a three week stay in Provincetown, AKA P-Town. So we went to go see uh, the show and her name is Paige Turner, NYC. And when she I follows t- us on Instagram, yes. Oh, I- shut up, bitch! You knew that? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I have to give her a shout out because when I tell you this was the best drag show I have ever been to, there was no lip syncing. Like when I tell you, bitch sang. She sang, and it was so funny, so easy. I, you did not respond to the joke I sent you. Did I not? So there was a joke about, it's like one of the interactive parts in the show, because as you know, drag can't really be as interactive as it usually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one that's like, the Care Bear with the rainbow on its belly, what is its name? And one of the options was soaking up Meg Nosh. <gasps> <laughs> when i tell you i fell out i had two double jack and gingers in me i fell out but yes i just the show was great and it was so nice to be able to enjoy something in 2020 and we definitely got to give Paige turner a shout out because she's awesome and we're definitely gonna stand that And so that is our show this week. So thank you for listening to the 13th episode of Thanks. I hate it. As always, our sources will be listed in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, download, and share. We're now on Patreon at T-I-H-I Podcast. If you can uh, support us there so we can work on delivering better quality as well as getting out some merch. Because who doesn't love merch? And actually, we have been playing with a few really cute designs. So I would be really excited to get that out there. Also, follow us on social media. On Twitter and Instagram at T-I-H-I Podcast. You can email us at T-I-H-I Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow Brittany on Twitter at B-R-I-T-Z-1187. And Windsor on Twitter at Windsor Reed. Until next week, guys, remember to drink water. Remember that you're that bitch and will forever be that bitch. And if you're American and 18, to vote on November 3rd. It's only a few weeks a few weeks away. Good night. Good night. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.